Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to Balance Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Balance Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I am your host, and I am honored to be sharing this space with you today. And In addition to that, I'm also just really excited to bring you today's episode because it's just cool. (laughs) We just talk about some really cool stuff today, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Today's guest is Juliette Aboto, who is a master hypnotherapist and NLP master practitioner and trainer, and she helps facilitate individual and corporate transformations through brain training. I don't know about you, but when I think of training, I think about a physical experience. I think about training for a race or training for a sport or training for an event, but I never really thought much about what training my mind could look like. And through talking to Juliet, it opened up this entire world of really understanding how powerful our minds are for helping us heal for helping us have better relationships, and for helping us create the lives that we want to live without burnout. Juliet is a freaking genius. (laughs) She knows her stuff. In addition to being a master hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner, she's currently studying for her PhD in clinical psychology and runs a multiple six-figure business and is a master at knowing how to do these things without burning out. Yeah, exactly the kind of person who I'm trying to learn tips from. So please join me in welcoming Juliet to the show. If you don't already, please make sure that you have like your notes app, you got a pen, you got a piece of paper because she drops so many incredible gems. I know you're going to want to take some notes and you're going to want to refer back. So let's jump into the interview. Juliet, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. Thank you so much for joining us and holding space with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to uh, chat with you. Definitely. Well, I'm excited to have you here. So 
I cannot wait to talk to you about all things ancestral healing, brain training, habits, hypnosis, things that I geek out over but still have a lot to learn about (laughs) Um, (laughs) that you're really brilliant in. But before we go there, I would love to hear more of your story. So how were you introduced to the world of brain training and hypnosis? So it's, it's kind of, um, it's not even like a straight line. It's kind of like a squiggly (laughs) (laughs) line with my relationship with hypnosis. Um, I actually was, the first time I was hypnotized was to help me deal with a breakup. And um, because prior to that in high school and college, I would always like spiral after a breakup. And so it would affect my grades or like anything that I would do. And with hypnosis, I was able to manage this breakup and I, because I, I was in corporate and so I knew like I couldn't get bad grades in corporate, you just get fired. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, I have to do something about this. And for some reason, I stumbled onto a hypnotherapist in New York and I went to her and she helped me um, start to fix like the way that I cope and the way that I release people from my life. And then flash forward to like a year, two years later, I had another breakup and it was fine. I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) that actually worked because I forgot about it after the session. And then I did um, NLP for sales. Um, So using just the subconscious to help you stay motivated, help you hit your sales goals. And so I, I basically dabbled, but then when I left corporate and started my two businesses and I was doing really well and I was making the money and I kept, it was always like, I kept waiting for the happiness to come. Mm-hmm. Like if I hit this goal, if I got this client, if I did this, once I go on this trip, once I do this, once I, it was always something. And then I was just like, I became tired. Like that was essentially burnout. You keep going until you feel better, but the feeling better doesn't come because you actually have to stop. Yeah. And so um, I joined a program and in the program, there was a hypnosis audio. And so I was used to getting in-person sessions. So I didn't really think an audio would be as powerful as it was, but it helped me really do some real deep inner child work and get the happiness that I was looking for, which was within me all along. Oh my goodness. I mean, even just that short synopsis, which I'm sure is still only part of your story is incredible. (laughs) There's so many things in there that I know I could relate to hearing right off the bat that I want to get into a little bit more. So first you mentioned NLP. What does NLP stand for? Sure. It's Neuro Linguistic Programming. So programming of the mind with language. Cool, cool. Is hypnosis considered a form of NLP or are they different? Um, They're different, but using a combination of the two is a very powerful um, transformation. So for me, a lot of I'm shifting into more conversational hypnosis. So my clients are getting shifts as we are having this conversation. And depending on the language that I use, the light bulb moments happen for them, which make it more powerful than someone else saying it to you when when you say it to you. Wow. That is so cool. So, so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's 
it's really amazing because you know how, you know, rocks words are cut in, but they can also be healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things that you mentioned when you were working with your first hypnotherapist was that you really started diving into fix how you cope and how you released people. Is that something that you've seen be common that a lot of folks need to work through is figuring out how we have those healthy coping mechanisms and how we release people situations? Is that common? Yes, 100% because we, um, based on especially with America or North American society, it's a guilt-based system. Mm -hmm. So there's guilt around failure because we don't really understand the true concept of failure. We think quitting equals failure. And so when we're stuck in a relationship that we're not happy with, or we're stuck in a job we're not happy with, or we're not feeling good physically, we always put the blame on ourselves and say, all right, we, if we leave this situation or if we try to change the situation, that means that we failed because we quit. Mm, that's so true. What also came up for me as you were saying that was thinking about the idea of longevity versus quality, like how we put on a pedestal, maybe these long relationships or having long tenure at a job or in a company, but it's like, what was the quality like there? How many of those years were actually good? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People hold on to like childhood friendships. Like, yeah, this is my friend for 20 years. It's like, okay, so what happened in those 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> is that 20 year friend of me? There's no benefit to that. And, um, and then also as a millennial, you're kind of trying to fight the stereotype of lazy or spoiled and you're quitting. So you try not to take the path of least resistance because we have this idea that we, we often take that. But for millennials and um, Gen Z, that's actually the opposite. We often make it more difficult than it needs to be. Mm, that hits. <laughs> <laughs> that is very relatable. <laughs> So I would love to talk more about some of the common themes that you see with people that you work with when it comes to ways that we can kind of retrain our brains. Um, Is it like inner child work, limiting beliefs, unconscious thoughts? Like for a lot of us who are just kind of navigating daily life here in the U.S., Black women, what are some of the the common areas that you see of opportunity to to retrain the way we think? So... Just the way how you feel, you can start with your waking up. As soon as you open your eyes, think about one to three things that you really want to happen that day. And then expect them to happen. Look forward to them happening. Don't worry about them not happening. Just look forward to them happening. And, and so if you train your brain that way, first thing in the morning, you'll always wake up on the right side of the bed because you'll start to see that a lot of things, um, and I know this is very difficult because being a black woman in America and deal, and sometimes you're not, because you're not responsible for how people treat you, you know, especially when it comes to race and gender but you can be responsible to how you respond because I actually saw 
I, I don't know, it's so interesting that I, I was in or two similar situations and the way that I responded really changed the meaning of what happened in that situation. And it was something that had to do with race and gender. And so once I saw that my response really helped my life, I, it wasn't because I feel like we always kind of have this need to represent the Black community, no matter where we go. Like I went to boarding school and I was like the only Black girl in my class. So I literally represented the entire diaspora. Like I know about the Caribbean. I know about Africa. I know about, it's like, I was always like, I was the go-to for Black History Month. So I always felt this responsibility to represent the Black community wherever I went. And so Every time something happened, I needed to make sure that they weren't disrespecting me or the Black community. But then when I released myself from that kind of responsibility, almost like thinking about, hmm, how is this going to affect my day? How is this going to affect really my life as an individual? And that released a lot of burden and a lot of stress and also helped me kind of go back to my true identity, um, not with the labels that people give me or the demographic that people try to put me in. And so once I regain that freedom, I'm better able to help my community versus trying to just be a representative. But because I'm able to maintain my health, my mental, emotional, physical health, I'm able to actually do things that actually help the community versus things that I thought were important. Was that the, I think I just went off for the tangent, but okay. (laughs) No, it was great. No, that was great because I think especially over the past, you know, six to eight months or so in our community, a lot of us have been put in that position where one day we're living our lives and the next day we're expected to be everyone's kind of anti-racism educator. And And so when you, so when you wake up and you start your day, think about what you want, you, your being, and this is not what black women should want or what black millennials should want or black feminists should want what you want to happen today. That's for you. And it's only for you. And then you could go about working for other people, but name those three things that you want for yourself to happen that day. Yeah. And I loved what you said when you first described that exercise about naming, you know, one to three things that you look forward to them happening, almost not thinking as if I hope they happen, but like looking forward to them happening or not thinking that they can't happen. Um, In terms of our brain's power to create those things or to create scenarios that we want to happen based off of our thoughts? Like how much power do we have to to do that? We actually have a lot of power um, to do that. And it's really based on science because your brain is is controlled. Your results, over 95% of the results that you have in your life right now are subconscious. So all the decisions that you make, the actions you take, they're, they're, they're automatic. Your gut instincts, your gut reactions. And so this is what determines the results that you have in now. So when you're able to 
train your brain and program your subconscious, releasing any limitations and setting it essentially the inner GPS for a destination that you truly want to go, then you will get there. It will happen. You'll take the right, right turns. You'll take the right paths to get to that destination because you set your inner GPS system to do that, to guide you. And a lot of people feel like it's a matter of worthiness. It's a matter of positive vibes or high vibes. Um, It's really a, a matter of expectation. You get what you expect. Mm, I love that. You get what you expect. And for someone who may be struggling with releasing those limitations, what do you recommend they do to work through those blocks? So first thing you can do is try to find someone that you can relate to that is in a position that you want to be. Um, If you can't find them now, set the intention to get this person because there, there is definitely someone, one person that is where you want to be that's similar to you. And then two, when you think about what you want, right? And you think of reason, ask yourself, why can't I have this? What's blocking me from having this? And write down the list of those things. And then when you look down at the written list of things, you kind of look, see, it's kind of BS. You see, like, this is actually not true. (laughs) What? (laughs) What do you mean I can't go to Miami because I didn't lose weight? That doesn't, what? Like, are they going to kick me off the plane? Sorry, ma'am, you're five pounds over. No, like, you could still go to Miami if you don't lose the weight. So clearly that was something (laughs) on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that was personal. We get personal um, here. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was just like, I, I do this exercise. It's like, what do you mean? Like, oh, I can't launch because I don't have an ebook cover. Like, what? That doesn't. Okay, so what can you do to get the ebook cover? So, it really takes you out of your head because these thoughts are cycling through your mind and creating the results that and confirming that you can't have this thing. Because once again, your subconscious is responsible for over 95% of your reality in your life. And it's based on the thoughts that you have that circle through your mind. And because you have these thoughts, you have certain emotions. And then you act out of those emotions. So your emotions determine your behavior and your your behavior determines your results. But it all is tied to your identity and your belief system. So if you believe you can't have that, then you're going to feel bad about it and then you're not even going to try and then you what you don't have it i'm just like <laughs> mind blown <laughs> especially around the fact that 95% of our our results is from our subconscious because i think unless you're really in tune and aware of what's happening with your subconscious, I feel like it can kind of lead you any which way that could be the wrong direction and you wouldn't even know it. Exactly. Yeah. And like you can see, um, because also within my practice, I do something called um, releasing racial biases. So if you look at these videos of people, what they people call Karens, them going off, right? Flipping out, using the N word, saying all this hateful stuff. 
And then you go back to them and they really look like, I said that, like you could show them a video and they're like, I can't believe I said that because subconsciously that's what you've been thinking and holding on to and those beliefs. So consciously you've been acting a certain way or subconsciously you've had these beliefs and you felt this way and it was erupted from there. And you could also see when people say you really get to know people mm-hmm. when you travel with them and when you um, eat with them or when they're sick, because that's when we have less control, conscious control over what we say or do. Wow. That is really incredible. So I would also love to talk a little bit about how either our subconscious thoughts or, or these different kind of patterns and, and brain waves that we have also affect how we feel physically. Like, is there a connection between either our physical health, how we feel physically, how we feel in our bodies and what's happening in our subconscious? Yes, yes. Especially for Black women, we're oftentimes always thinking in in beta waves. So beta waves is you're active, you're always active, you're you're thinking. People might call you overthinking or you might have been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I notice a lot of my Black clients or Brown clients, when they come in, their therapists or the psychiatrist will try to kind of also diagnose them as bipolar because they will have like moments of really, you know, high energy and then they would crash. But essentially it was really burnout because their brain waves were always in a constant state of beta. And so even when you try to take melatonin or you try to take sleeping pills and it puts you to sleep, your brain, you fell asleep in beta brainwave state and you're get less rest and your brain doesn't get time to rest. And so you do it all over again. And so after a while you get irritable after a while you get tired and just exhausted. And then it puts you into a depression because you're so tired and exhausted and irritable that you push people away or you lose clients or you don't get that promotion at work because people are like, she's always grouchy um, or she doesn't really, or she's not paying attention or she's not focusing. So then you start to spiral. And so, and it's all links back to you just being in a certain brainwave state consistently or too much. Wow. That is incredible. And also very relatable. I'm like, I think I've, I feel like I've been there before. (laughs) So how did we get into this state of thinking in beta waves and how do we overcome it? You know, I don't want to blame everything on technology, but technology has you accessible at all times. Yeah. And so depending on if you have responsibilities, people depending on you, you want to be entertained, you want this or that, you're going to have to log in, right? And so when you're logged in, you're on, you're in a high brainwave state, beta. So in order to start to, um, to basically get out of that, you have to unplug. You have to step away from the phone, the internet, anything, at least two hours before bedtime and look at old photos, read, read a book, exercise, just chat with a friend even on the phone, not Zoom, just on the phone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chat with a friend on the phone 
or in person if you if you're you live with someone so this helps you get out of beta and and then soon you'll be easily able to go into beta and then alpha and then you can go to sleep easily and actually get rest amazing and is there kind of a i guess a balance throughout the day of when we should be in these different brain waves like is it good to be in beta maybe when we're working or analyzing but we want to work towards you know alpha as we're trying to wind down like is is there good times to be in these different states yes yes great question so for me with so i have a subliminal bundle so i have a daytime subliminal and a nighttime subliminal to help basically um, shift your brain waves. This is something that you can't actively do yet. So with the daytime subliminal, well, with the morning meditation, that immediately puts you into um, beta. So you wake up, it's like your morning coffee. And then during the day, um, when you're ready to get to work, you put on the daytime subliminal and it actually takes you into um, beta state, intense focus. So there's no distraction and there's also no side effects because if you're someone like me who was diagnosed with ADHD and you took the medication so either you would get so you could focus but then you end up focusing on the wrong thing and then you (laughs) get a stomach ache and you're hungry or you're not hungry so with the daytime subliminal you're put into theta state for so you could do it for three to four hours actually get your work done and after you turn it off you feel good you don't feel bad and you got the necessary amount of work done. And then you do the hypnosis audio to help you get into alpha state. Um, So you're relaxing, you start to focus on the things that you want for the next day. And then overnight you actually go into Delta. And so this keeps your brain at Delta so you can get the best sleep. So I only sleep six and a half hours a night. People are like, you're always up. Like, aren't you like a sleep person? Aren't you supposed to help? I'm like, yeah, I, I only need six and a half, a half hours because they're quality six and a half hours. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. So for those bundles, like, is that something that we're able to purchase from you or find on your website? Like, how can we do that? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Yes. So I have the um, brain training bundles. So I have it for different... Um, different goals. So, and I actually have a 12 month pack now, so you can actually get different sets. So depending on whatever goal you want. So if it's more sleep, more money, um, focus, um, fitness, trading, even quantum trading for, I have a lot of day traders as clients Mm -hmm. now. So, um, those are, so I created those little sets that you can get on the website. So cool. We'll make sure we link them in the show notes so that folks can check them out because that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's and then it helps you too because then you start to build more trust in your brain and yourself. Yeah. So I used to, for me, I had a special combination to be able to go to sleep. It had to be like one and a half glasses of wine, <laughs> an edible and a sleeping pill. And then when I didn't, if I forgot to refill that, I would spiral. I would feel out of control. But now it's like, oh, even if I forget to turn my subliminal on, my brain is so used to it now. So cool. That's so incredibly powerful. Yeah, I feel like we need to shift into getting back our power. That's your true power, that mental freedom. 
For sure. For sure. That's amazing. So I would love to talk more about hypnosis itself because it's one of those things that many people don't know about. And I will admit, like, it's me. I'm many people in terms <laughs> of just not really understanding fully how it works and and how, as a tool, it can help us kind of return home to ourselves. And I also think when it comes to things like hypnosis in our community, it's just not something that we're really exposed to. And there probably is a great deal of skepticism of like, what does that mean? Are you going to try and control my mind? Like, what does that look like? Am I, you know, participating in some wild? Um, so, <laughs> so I think it would be incredible if we can talk more about hypnotherapy or if you're comfortable also sharing some of your experiences um, and around practical applications of it and maybe doing a little myth busting. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Most definitely. So I know one big thing that I get with my black clients is that, is it something that's against your religion? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm Christian and I actually, I saw I was raised Catholic and no. So hypnosis is not something that is, um, spiritual or you're not you're not praying to anyone or talking to anyone outside of yourself you're actually just talking to yourself so um it's it's nothing that has to do with any religion it's psychology and also no one can make you do something that you don't want to do because all hypnosis is is self-hypnosis so when you go to a hypnotherapist, I'm essentially just a guide because the only reason why you need a hypnotherapist is because you've been so conditioned to ignore yourself. Ooh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. You've just been, you, you ignore yourself. You ignore what you want, ignore what you truly feel and kind of take in what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to, who you're supposed to be like especially as black women, like we have so many people telling us, oh, you're supposed to talk like this. You're supposed to wear your hair like this. You're supposed to do this. You smile, do this, that. It's like, so <laughs> the opportunity to actually hear your own voice. It's like, what is that? That's how I sound. That's me. Mm -hmm. That's what I really want. That's what I really believe. Oh, okay. Wow. So I can do that. Okay. Wow. And so it's a revelation. So hypnosis is really just returning to yourself and clearing your mind so you can open your heart to faith and surrender. Oh, I love that. Clearing your mind so you can open your heart to faith and surrender. That's so beautiful. Thank you. I, and it's really important for me to make sure that um, especially Black women understand that because having Black women in your corner, like people target black women. Yeah. Everyone needs black women's focus. Everyone needs your, because it's a, essentially where your focus goes to is what amplifies. Mm -hmm. And so having black women, either outraged, scared, happy, lustful, desiring it, feeling less than is, is full control. It's powerful because the focus and the energy is so powerful. So imagine if you turn that focus inward. Imagine all that you can do and how powerful you'll become. Mm, that is incredible. I love the way you just put that because 
we are so influential in our society. I mean, we hear it all the time, whether you see what trends are happening anytime there's an election, which I know we all probably don't ever want to hear the word election again, but anytime (laughs) we hear it, we hear how much we influence it and how much other people in society at large benefit from what we do and what we amplify. And so what you just shared about taking that incredible energy that we have and turning it inward, I got chills at thinking about the possibility there. Yeah. Imagine a world where Black women didn't care. If we were just like, no, no, it's fine. Y'all got it. (laughs) Imagine. It's just be like so dry. (laughs) Like, wait, come back. (laughs) Hey, girl, what what can I do for you? So, so, (laughs) so, but at the same time, these people are saying, pay attention to me, but you're not important. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand that it's all about power. You're so powerful that they designed thousands of systems to show you that you weren't. Ooh, you know, it's like, yes, you see so many black women that start behind the, um, the start line, like they're starting in the parking lot, (laughs) maybe in the next town over, but they still cross that finish line. Yep. Oh my goodness. It's so real. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like so important for me. And it's like, I don't, for me, I don't really like being visibility wasn't something I was into. Like all my clients came to me for referral, but this year really showed me how important it is to show that this is an option and this is a possibility and that there is a solution to whatever you're experiencing. Like you feel like there's just a dark cloud or you see, you feel like your future is fuzzy. There is a way to gain clarity without having to give up your soul. Yes. And I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you. And talking a little bit more about hypnosis, one of the things that you touched on earlier when you were talking about your experience with hypnotherapy was going from working with an in-person practitioner to using audio. Can you tell us a bit more about that experience, maybe for folks who are interested in hypnotherapy but can't see someone in their area or you know, right now with the pandemic, audio is probably going to be their best option. Um, what was that experience like? Yeah, so it was very interesting because the, um, for me, it was so when you design, when I designed my audios, I saw like what what she did and what was what's important to include in an audio to take you on this journey because it's really about bringing down each layer of your mind so you can finally get to the center. Mm-hmm. And so to do that, it's almost like you're opening each door like slowly, you know, you don't want to rush to it. So it's just as powerful as an in-person session because the power really is about you communicating with yourself. Yeah. Mm, I, I love this like unintentional theme of connecting with ourselves because I think it's something that is so important that we're not taught how to do. And I think we can't be encouraged and reminded enough to connect with ourselves and listen to ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, take it from someone 
that has done so many things in order to get this happiness that I was searching for and realizing that it was within me. I'm in my 30s. So hopefully anyone that's in their 20s listening to this, you get a head start, you know, you can start doing it now. So your 30s are super lit. But it's like, (laughs) it's like, it took me a while to understand that. But you know, I had to kind of experience it and be like, okay, so that's not giving me the happiness. That's not giving me like, I made multiple six figures in both businesses, my brownstone apartment in Brooklyn, you know, that's my hair is together, labels, all of this stuff, like Instagram is popping, all this stuff going on trips, all this stuff. And I was still, I still felt empty and the future felt so fuzzy. Like there wasn't really anything that truly made me look forward to it. And so, um, realizing that I didn't actually need these things or experiences, I really could just sit still and be happy, then everything changed. Everything, you realize like, oh, what I was fighting so hard for wasn't even something I wanted. What I was so sad about wasn't even something I truly wanted. And that is freedom. So when you realize that these things that were put in your mind that you want or need that aren't really yours, that's true freedom and that's true happiness. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. Yes. Oh, so good. Because um, I have clients that were like me, high performers. And so one always bought different courses like she's like, all right, should I be a travel agent? Should I do this? Should I help with insurance? Should I help repair credit? Like she thought like this certain particular business model will get her a hundred K and that will get her freedom and happiness. But working together, she realized she already had that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she didn't need another course. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be so tempting to constantly look outside of ourselves for direction and for guidance and for advice and for what we should do. And because we have so much noise available to us, I mean, any piece of information is available to us and that can be good, but it's also good to just be really centered with yourself and to understand what it is you want and what you're looking for and to not value other voices more than your own. Exactly. And I, it's it's like, I want so many Black women to have this, get have this gift, and um, so that's why I'm always like, I post every day. People are like, "Oh, I love your content." I'm like, "Great!" I just want to make sure that more people. That's why I post Mm -hmm. on all these platforms, so people know because I realize it's something that isn't pushed or promoted. No one, there are no commercials for hypnotherapy (laughs) because there are no side effects, and there's it's like once you kind of do it after a year you're good. I won't have clients or patients for years and years. They will essentially heal and be able to self-heal and self-coach after a good year or even less. That's incredible. Yeah. So monetarily, like that's not good because then, oh (laughs) no, we can't, you know, you can't depend on me for years and years. You can't do this for years and years. So um, it's not profitable. So, 
giving people their power isn't profitable. Mm. And I think that's probably why we're not taught how to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And just, um, I'm in grad school now for clinical psych in a, it's a holistic program. It's not a traditional psych program because I actually left the traditional psych program because it was just like, um, I, my BA is in psychology and I, where the school I attended, I had to talk to, um, the statistics professor because I said, this is, this book is rooted in bias. Like, and she's like, what do you mean? So I have to read different paragraphs where the data was presented a certain way to give you a certain impression. And so she's like, oh my gosh, you're right. And so we had to switch books, um, in a, like right in the beginning of the semester. And so knowing that, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really important for me to finish my get my PhD so I could just turn around and say, we don't need it. No, just kidding. But (laughs) just so I can be like, see, I did it. So like, look guys, but it's, it's the way that education, medicine, even psychology has been designed, has not been for our benefit. It's been for the benefit of the corporations, you know, to create, more workers. We need you to fix your mental health now so you could go to work. Yep. Be more productive and <laughs> so, do more work. And Exactly. Not really for you or for you to be in a relationship so you could reproduce so we could get more workers. Mm-hmm. So it's very important. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you really think about it, it's just important for you to know this as you make individual decisions. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. And I think that's like the perfect segue into another topic that I would love to talk to you about in terms of decisions, reproduction. It's around ancestral healing, especially for Black people and Black people in the U.S. specifically. I mean, we have a long history of ancestral trauma. And so I would love to learn from you more about how we can incorporate more ancestral healing practices into our lives and what the benefits could be for future generations of the the practices that we choose to do today. Yes. So ancestral healing, the way that I kind of see it and my understanding of epigenetics Mm -hmm. um, and how your your genes can carry fear can carry anger can carry sadness and um, yeah so understanding that the feelings that you have even though you you may now grow up privileged more privileged than your um past generations but you still feel this sadness this anger and this pain this is why it's not you. And because it is rooted on something that is about its expression. So even if it's your genetics, it's the way that the genes are expressed, right? And the genes weren't always like this. So that means that you can undo this starting with you. You can break this genetic um, chain emotionally wow. because it was it, it was installed into the genes emotionally through some some intense fear 
intense strife, intense anger. And this is, um, you know, with epigenetics, you can look up the uh, potato, Irish potato famine. And you can see that study how with past generations, they end up carrying more weight on their bodies because they're afraid that they'll go hungry. So that fear of famine, fear of not having food was passed on for generations. Wow. And then um, I have a client that she lives in a predominantly black area. And so she doesn't really, she never really had any, um, negative racial experiences but for some reason she has this like deep fear of white people like just fear and we did the um the session and it was actually linked to her grandmother the fear wow this intense tense fear yeah and and so we released it and like this intense fear kept her from like going on planes, doing things, traveling because she was afraid that she was going to run into white people. Wow. So it's like, it was, so when it affects your quality of life, the fear is not really worth having. Fear is supposed to keep you safe, but not limit your life experience. Right. So we released that fear and she just um, traveled to California. <laughs> so um, it's, it's definitely possible. And you definitely can be freed from it. So the first thing that you can do to start to unpack this is write down, start with your, your, the f- top negative emotions or emotions that limit people. Anger. What makes you angry? Fear. What makes you afraid? What are you really afraid of? Sadness. What makes you so sad? Guilt. What makes you feel so guilty? And then when you write those things down, then on the next side, say, what happened? Like, what, where did this come from? Is this, what experience caused this fear, anger, sadness, or guilt? And then look at this experience and wonder, it's like, is this really mine? Or was this something that someone in my family told me? Or is this something that I feel like I should feel? Like if it's something just like maybe a little voice in the back of your mind or something or feeling told you to have this, because that's when we can, that's when you can oftentimes link that, that, um, that just cloud of fear or cloud of anger that has no real substance, Mm -hmm. but you can point it, of course, like what happened um, in the past few years it's for me, like for me, I've been marching since like grade school for um, Amadou Bialo. Like when the cops were charged, like we had mm-hmm. to go into the city and protest. So for me, it's oh, I have to do this every every year or every for the past 20 years. And so, yes, I have anger, but. It, this deep, intense anger, is it something that I experience or is it something that I am experiencing for the collective, for my mm-hmm. family? Yeah. So that is when you need to release it because it's affecting you physically and it's going to affect your children physically. And this, 
And so that's why I always get upset when people take children to um, protest because that anger gets locked into your identity, your core. And that's not something that you want. You want anger to be a state that you can tap into, to use wisely, to use as a tool, but never to be a part of you, of who you are. Mm, My goodness. I just have, my mind is going like a million places at once with that. Yeah, it's it's a lot. (laughs) But it's incredible, like in the best way, in the best way. And I love what you just said about fear and anger being tools when we need them, but not being locked into our identity. Yes, because this, it limits your experience. It limits your happiness. Like you have to remember that you are part of a collective, but you are an individual being, you are individual soul. And you came here to experience the good things more than the bad things. The bad things are things that are put in place to make you see how good the good, the good things are. They shouldn't be the main focus of your life experience. And if you're listening to this podcast episode now, this is a sign that you're going to be the person in your family to start this shift. You're going to be able to heal the people before you and then pass on healing to people after you. Yes. Yes, you are. Oh my goodness. So when we sit down and we start to unpack these things of where do I feel anger? Where do I feel fear, sadness, guilt, unpacking what's ours and what's not ours? How do we actually release what isn't ours? So you start to, with the, once you do the anger list and the fear list and you identify what true doesn't have substance or like true roots in your Mm -hmm. present day life, then you can start to run kind of interviews to your with your family members. Ask them, like, was there anything, experience or event that happened that created like this this flood of anger with the family, flood of, flood of fear? And so once you get this the story behind it, that's when you get the learning you understand why they held on to that anger and then you can release it. You understand why they held on to that fear and then you release it. Like for me, so my background is Nigerian. Mm -hmm. And so in Nigeria, there's different um, ethnic groups. And so my ethnic group is Igbo. And so we had a civil war where we were starved. So many Igbo people were starved out. And so even now today, you'll notice that Igbo people are thicker than most Africans or bigger because they hold, we hold on to the weight and we hold on to everything now because we were like, okay, you're going to starve us again. Like what's going on? So we held on to that, but then we also hold on to this anger and distrust of our people. And so once I realized why I just had this, I had this intense anger and distrust, like all my life, like three years old, like, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. my mom, I was shady baby. <laughs> 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 and it was basically linked to my great grandmother who was um, doing a lot of healing and all that work during the war. 
And so once I realized how I had this, this anger and then this compulsion to help people, um, I was able to kind of release the compulsion, release the anger and distrust and really step into myself, you know, become myself, not like just a great granddaughter or someone like this. So that helps you. Uh, so I understood now why I had this. And because I received that understanding, I was able to release it and start the healing process. So I'm so much, I'm not really as angry as I was <laughs> before. Like people, I used to just pop off and I would pop off a lot for, um, for people that I felt needed my help. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> Like my little sister wouldn't want to tell me stuff like, so, like, like, yeah, they put cheese on my burger. What? Let's burn down the restaurant. So, okay. Um, could we not burn down the restaurant? Like they just put cheese on the, could you relax please? <laughs> so people would want to tell me stuff because I would go from zero to 100. Like what? <laughs> so now if people are like, tell me stuff I'm like, oh man, you should do this. I'm like, so you don't want to burn down the restaurant? Like, Oh no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> like, just check in. <laughs> just check in. Are you sure? Okay. But that intense anger, intense distrust, compulsion to protect and help people, that was holding me back in my present life and actually preventing me from actually helping people. Oh my goodness. That's so like it just shows the power in understanding the why and unlocking the why to get our own freedom. Yeah. And so now, like, I understand that I have this power I can tap into, the strength that I can pa- tap into, but I don't have to live like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I have chills. It's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's hopefully, um, so just to kind of recap, you go through those powerful emotions write down what makes you feel that way, like your triggers, essentially. Try to link it to a present experience in your life. If you can't, that's when you start the family interviews so you can uncover the reason behind these strong emotions. And that's where you can then gain the knowledge and the knowledge will allow you to release the emotion. Amazing amazing. We'll make sure that we also include just call outs for that in the show notes. Cause I feel like that's going to be a really big game changer for, for all of us who are looking to do that ancestral healing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm, I'm happy to share. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so Juliet, how are you taking care of yourself these days? I mean, we have had, you know, the past year or so has been a wild ride for all of us. How are you staying centered and taking care? I've, I've kind of the past. So if you asked me this, like a few months ago, I was actually piling on a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. And so in the past few weeks started to just kind of only accept things that I actually want to do. So that has helped me like not exert my, my energy or exert my energy worrying or resenting anything because resentment was something that if you're someone that is a recovering people pleaser and it's hard for you to set up boundaries, um, that's something that you can easily shift into to, and will burn you out eventually. So I started to 
um, lighten up my calendar. Um, I started to hang out more with people that I I want to be around, like my nephew. Um, I I started to take a lot more walks in nature since you know social distancing. Uh, we started to look for places where we can hike and just be outside, and that has really helped me keep grounded and feel like it's like I I still have control over my experience because I think that's why a lot of people are pushing back is because they feel like just asking them to do these simple things will restrict them where they won't have any control. But I'm able to find that I have control in these other aspects of my life. So I feel still feel some normal normalization or some type Mm. of normality. Yeah. Yeah. Still finding ways to maintain your power, even in our current reality. Exactly. So, because I know that a lot of people kind of put things on hold. They're like, okay, we'll just wait till 2021. But what if it, but remember how you waited till 2020 and look what happened. Mm -hmm. So do it now, feel good now. What do you need to think about what you need to feel free, what you need to feel good and do it or get it or be it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That is so good. Oh, so Juliet, what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you? Being a balanced Black girl is knowing when you can say, when, when you should say yes to certain opportunities that scare you and no to certain um, opportunities that limit you. Mm. Ooh, that is good. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, let me get my senses ready. Love it. We could all learn when to say yes and when to say no. A valuable life skill. (laughs) (laughs) Juliet, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It I have like pages of notes here of all (laughs) of the gems and incredible knowledge that you dropped. So thank you for sharing it. How can our audience keep in touch with you, follow your work if they want to work with you? Where can they find you? Sure. So I am active on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. So uh, TikTok is Million Dollar Hypnotist. And YouTube and Twitter and Instagram are Juliet C. Abodo. Amazing. We will have links to all of your platforms and your website in the show notes to make it super easy for folks to find you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope this conversation helped inspire you on your own personal self-care and well-being journey. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and head to balanceblackworld.com for show notes and more information. If you'd like more support finding your balance, join our private membership community for self-care tools, exclusive content, and more. Visit balanceblackgirl.com slash community for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to share it with a friend. Thanks so much for tuning in.